Today's episode is brought to you by Wireless Zone, located in Dunce Corners, Westley, Rhode Island. Wireless Zone in Westley is an authorized Verizon Realtor. There, you can find all the latest and newest phones, including the iPhone 13. And if you're in the business for a new phone, you can get up to $440 off your new phone with a trade-in of an old phone. And if you have a broken phone, they have a repair zone. There, they can help repair your cracked screen. You need a new battery. They have you covered there in the repair zone. Check out Wireless Zone in Westley, Rhode Island, located next to the Dunkin' Donuts and Dunce Corners. On today's episode, I welcome on a very special guest. He is Scott Leach. He is a head strength, head strength conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach at URI. Works with the football team, the women's tennis team, and track and field. Scott, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, awesome. 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 Sorry, I uh, struggled in the beginning there. I don't know what happens. <laughs> All good. All good, man. The mouthful. But uh, Scott, this is awesome to have you on the show. It's it's cool to see the behind the scenes of what what is going on in college sports. Like you know, you help these young men and women get into shape, get ready for their seasons, help them stay healthy for their season. So, but I want to start with just how everything led up to where you are now. But like you played football, you're from Rhode Island, you lived in Lincoln, you played football. So how did you get into football, and what what was your career like in football? Yeah, so. Like you said, I grew up in, in Lincoln, Rhode Island, right down the road from URI or up, depending on how you look. At it. <laughs> um, but, you know, classic, undersized, overachieving, making the most of what I have, Rhode Island high school athlete, and uh, wanted to keep playing football. Once I was done with high school, I was like, I'm not, I'm not done with this yet. I want to keep going. And uh, ended up going to Springfield College, which is in Western Massachusetts, um, D3 school. And they do a little bit different style of football. They run the triple option where instead of passing the ball, we just decide not to and run the ball every time. And uh, it pays to be a little bit lighter, a little bit quicker. And they took a shot on me and said, I can come up there and play. And uh, it's a good thing I did. It was coming out of high school. Um, I even went to a, a camp at URI at one point and I was, you know, 250 pounds. And they were like, yeah, if you come here, we're going to put on another 50, 60, 70 pounds. Wow. <laughs> I was like, and I would have still been undersized compared to some of the guys that we have here now. So, you know, I couldn't uh, hang at this level, but Springfield College was great for me because uh, I didn't know it at the time, but it, it's kind of the mecca for um, college football coaches and strength conditioning coaches. Um, most of my coaches that I had ended up becoming D1 strength coaches or professional coaches, whether it was football, basketball, baseball. Um, and all the friends that I've met along the way and all the people that I played with, you know, a good number of them turned out to be strength coaches as well. So um, part of it was being in that system and learning how to train it and being in that mix and seeing like what really good coaches do. And it made me, you know, appreciate that piece of uh, of the training puzzle more. Uh, I didn't really like I, I a lot of respect for our football coaches. I can't go out there and recruit and be on the road and be away from my family and, and try and get these kids and, and coach them up every day. I'd rather do the weight for peace and the development side because I think that's kind of one of the coolest feelings is when you take somebody when they show up at 17, 18 years old and they've never worked out before, they've never trained. 
um, and they leave here 22, 23 years old, um, bigger, faster, stronger, but, you know, for the rest of their life, they know how to exercise, they know how to train, they know how to stay in shape. Um, and just the fact that you can make that impact on somebody uh, is, is for me, that's, that's what gets me out of bed. That's what brings me here every day. It's a chance to do that. So, um, yeah, Springfield College was kind of the place to be. Ended up uh, working out in my favor. And a lot of those Springfield Connects helped me get back to Rhode Island. Um, prior to Rhode Island, I was at Merrimack College, which is a small D1 school north of Boston. Spent five years there. And, and originally, there was an assistant job here that opened up. And when yeah. I saw that, I said, man, I want to come back home. I want to be close to my family. Um, was lucky enough to get the assistant job. I was here January 2020. So I was here for like three weeks. So I was like, <laughs> and it all hit the it all hit the fan so um last year was was a tricky year we had to work around a lot of uh restrictions and obstacles and difficulties yeah credit to our kids man people don't understand how much they had to put up with and how much they still have to to put up with in order to to do what they love to do so you know credit to those how do you like how do you work around like the covid and like doing everything through via zoom or like talking to speaking with the kids yeah so um a lot of people ask, like, what did you guys do for workouts? Because they couldn't couldn't be in the facility. And, and most people, you know, their gyms weren't open. Yeah. Everything was closed down for a good while. So we sent out um, workout programs via PDF and, and uh, Excel sheets and things like that that had body weight circuits that had, you know, if you add a backpack, what are you going to do? The good thing is, um, you know, cost no money to go sprint down the street, cost no money to do plyometrics and jump training. Um, you know, very easy. You can grab some stuff to throw around. Um, so the speed and the power and things like that and conditioning, there was no reason to not go out and run and get in shape. Um, so there's still a lot to do. Um, the other big thing is, is checking in with your athletes and just like, it's not an easy time. And for a lot of people, you know, the gym is kind of that, that rock, that, that consistent thing every week. Hey, I know that I'm going to put my phone away for an hour. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get a good sweat in. I'm going to get after it. It's good for my mental health. Um, and they didn't have that. So being able to check in with people and be like, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you still working out? Are you doing your at-home workouts? Um, do you have access to anything? And, and a lot of communication on, the, on our end to make sure that they were still getting um, some sort of training in. And then when we came back, it was, you know, COVID test multiple times a week. Originally, we could not. We had to all keep ourselves six feet apart. So, you know, we couldn't have, normally we have an entire football team in. We had to break our football team into four groups. Wow. And if we train for an hour and we spend 15 minutes cleaning, what used to take, you know, an hour, hour and 15, now stretched out to five hours for us. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it was, I'm hopeful and thankful that, you know, we don't have to go back and do that again. That was a, uh, not ideal. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not ideal. But your journey is a very interesting one of like how you end up playing at Springfield. And like you said, Springfield's like the Mecca, like it sounds like the Mecca of Division One coaches and as well as it goes into the the, the strength and conditioning and you work your way back to URI. I want to know, too, I just want to ask a question to kind of work back. At what point were you at Springfield that you knew that you wanted to become like a strength and conditioning coach? Was there someone that you like your coach there that you worked out with or like how did that like kind of like what sparked that interest? Because at 18 in that 20 range, you don't we really don't know what we really want to do at that age. So like, how did you figure that out? Yeah. So to be honest, I think I think I was lucky enough. I kind of figured it out in high school. Uh, my junior year of high school I was up to 285 pounds. And it was just, it was not, 
I was, I was the typical fat kid and, you know, I had all the jokes and things like that, but I just didn't, I didn't enjoy myself. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what hit me, but I decided enough was enough and, uh, ended up losing close to 70 pounds, uh, between my junior year and senior. So by high school senior, I was down to 215 pounds. Um, and it was just something that I enjoyed the process of doing it. I enjoyed seeing the results. And I think that along with, Hey, go to Springfield, they have a great exercise science program. Uh, and it was like, all right, this is awesome. And then along the way, I had to do some internships. So I went out to um, Brown University with Coach O'Neill, who's still there now. He's a phenomenal coach. Um, coach Buckley at, at Bryant as well. Like Rhode Island's kind of spoiled. Got some really good coaches in the area. So, um, you know, getting to spend some time with Coach O'Neill and learn how to actually coach. And in the Ivy League, there's like 38 teams that you have to, you know, program and, and work for. So every day was like, hey, let's go to work and let's get our feet wet. Um, and then I also did an internship out of the University of Missouri on uh, SEC football. So that's kind of like the highest level oh, wow. in college. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, but the amount of stress every day was brutal. So um, is it for me? I'm not going to say it's, it's, you know, I wouldn't ever go back, but I, I enjoy the level of competitive competitiveness that uh, the FCS is. And, yeah. uh, you know, Rhode Island itself is in the CAA, which is the toughest level of um, competition in terms of F FCS. So uh, I like it, uh, but I like the security knowing that I'm going to be able to go home every day and I don't have to worry about, you know, I can get fired any day. Of the week. Yeah, X, Y, Z. <laughs> we want to succeed. We want to succeed, but hey, you know what? Like you can have a bad day here and there and it's going to be okay. So yeah, that's... Um, but you don't figure out those things until you go out and do those internships, until you leave home, until you go away from your family. That was another thing too, is I went to the Midwest and I was like, I'm seeing my family in three months, man. I want to come home and see them. So, yeah. Yeah. And so what's it like to, I mean, when you get hired at URI and obviously before the COVID and everything that hits, like, what's that feeling like, you know, you're home, you get hired at URI and now you're working as like the, at the time, like a strength condition coach there. What, what's, what's the feeling like? Yeah. So to be honest, I, I, if you told me when I was 18 or 19 that you'd come back and you end up being the head strength coach, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Cause there's so few places. I mean, it, yeah. there's Rick, there's PC, there's Bryant, there's Brown. I know those guys aren't leaving anytime soon. So it's like, man, the fact that this opened up but right on my doorstep, it's like, this is a blessing. And I, I know a lot of people went through a lot of hard stuff in 2020, but uh, you know, I feel like I'm one of the few that was absolutely spoiled. You know, I got a chance to come back home. Um, get a new job, which was a promotion for me, get a chance to be closer to my family. Um, ended up proposing to my fiance in the summer. We ended up buying a house. We ended up getting a second dog and things like, um, you know, for a while when I was up at Merrimack College, it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. And that's one thing I always tell people in this field, if, whether it's coaching or strength conditioning, is you got to put in a lot of long hours. You got to put a lot of long days in and, and you question yourself sometimes like, man, am I just beating my head against the wall? Like, how long am I going to do this without without breaking through and 2020 was that year for me where things kind of just started dominoes started falling in the right direction and you know I couldn't be more thankful so yeah the fact that you come back home and be the you know Rhode Island guy and, and get to represent Rhode Island it's one thing I, I tell our staff all the time is I want to make Rhode Island the place to be you know down the road I want people that want to come to Rhode Island because they know about our strength conditioning program I want students to come here to do their internship you know don't go out to the midwest come to rhode island because you know that they have a great strength conditioning program so um that's the goal and i you know i think a lot of rhode islanders feel the same way it's like you want to put the state on the map yeah dog mentality so trying to bring that to work every day
I love it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I, I know how you feel. I, I love I love to see Rhode Island players from Rhode Island succeed. And also I like to see you or I be successful and, you know, all the Rhode Island schools be successful because it's nice to see our our programs and everything around our kids and everything around the area be successful here. Um, you know, so you work with three teams. You work with the football team, the women's tennis team and the women's track and field team. What is the difference, differentiation of like implementing programs for each of those sports and how is that, what kind of work goes into that? What kind of study goes into that? Yeah. So when I was the assistant, I also, I had baseball, I had volleyball, I had women's soccer. So I had worked in a bunch of different teams. Um, every team's a little bit different, right? Yeah. When you first get there, you look at the situation and even, um, you know, football teams, every football team is a little bit different, you know, in terms of the makeup and especially lately, you know, with COVID and things like that, everyone getting an extra year. Um, a lot of teams are older than normal. Yeah. And that can cause a lot of differences in your training as well. So um, a lot of the basics, a lot of the fundamentals are the same, right? You got to get strong on two legs. You got to get strong on one leg. Um, uh, you got to get power and speed work. A lot of those things stay the same. The differences come into, okay, does my track and field team need to do a ton of upper body work? Not so much. They just need enough to balance things out and make sure that they're not getting, you know, lopsided or anything like that. You know, our tennis program, we want to include some extra rotational work. We want to make sure we're doing a lot of shoulder care and elbow care, things like that. Um, and then obviously the time of year is going to be a little bit different too. Um, whereas they want to succeed in the spring. Uh, obviously they want to succeed all year, but yeah. to the spring, whereas football, their competitions in the fall and then their you know, January, February, March is their off season. So things are a little bit different there. And then football is a completely different animal in itself. You know, people think it's one team, but, you know, you have your freshmen who have never lifted weights before, probably on a different program. Your quarterbacks are going to need a little bit extra love, um, especially in the shoulder area. Your kickers are different creatures in themselves. Um, yeah. Even even your big guys and your skill guys. A lot of times you're not going to train them the same way because they don't do the same thing out on the field. Um, yeah. There's a lot of individual differences in there um, in terms of what you're going to do with them and not just the lifting piece as well, but also what am I going to do for conditioning? What am I going to do for speed and agility training? Um, speed and agility training for a 350 pound football player is a lot different than, you know, a tennis athlete. And then I don't necessarily need to do conditioning with track and field because that is their sport. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all of those things go into the mix when you, you know, you're putting your X's and O's together. Um, and then the, like the last piece of it is you can put the most perfect plan together. And then somebody tells you that they didn't sleep last night because they had to, you know, submit a 12 page paper at 1159. And then they had to get up at practice for 6am and they didn't, even, you know, all those things come into the, to the mix. And then you have to take your perfect plan and be like, okay, how can we make it perfect today? Knowing everything that's going into it. So uh, it's easy, right? But that's, yes. that's why we're here is to make sure that we get the best out of our athletes that day. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's great that you're able to do that. And and obviously it sounds like you also have to be able to read the athlete with everything and how they're feeling and what's going on. And it's just interesting too, because like you mentioned, like football, it sounds like you have to focus on like different muscle groups or like quarterbacks need more shoulder work, like you said, or like, you know, you're working with defensive backs, maybe more conditioning or speed training. So it's just very interesting. Like how many, I don't know, how many hours do you like put into like developing those programs for those guys? Like, it sounds like a lot of work. You make it sound so easy, but yeah. it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of hours on the, on the front end where you're like scheming it up, you're planning it out. And then, 
you know, I, I typically I'll work maybe three or four weeks at a time. I'll say, all right, for the next three weeks, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'll lay a bunch of three week programs in a row and say, Hey, this is what I want to do from when football gets here in August until the end of the playoffs. This is my overall goal. And then I'll focus kind of three weeks at a time and say, all right, for the next three weeks, we'll want to get better at this. We want to emphasize this. We want to build this skill. And then from there, it's one week at a time. Okay. Did, you know, the game last week, did it beat up our starters? Do we need to make some changes? Um, you know, are young guys developing pretty well? Can we push them a little bit harder on week two? Uh, but in general, I set it up about three or four weeks at a time. And then we work from there to there. To there. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And then like, now are you on the sidelines for like each of the sport? Like, are you there like for football? Or are you there for tennis? And- yeah. So with, with football, at least I'll go to practice every day. Um, yeah. That is just to warm up the entire team to get them going to start practice. And then I do a lot of rehab. We have a physical therapist, Mark Murphy, um, who's absolutely phenomenal. He'll take a, all of our athletes uh, post-surgical. So, you know, we had a guy out for the year with an ACL surgery, had another guy out with a shoulder. Um, he'll work with them a couple of days a week and do their rehab and get them going. Then I'll do some extra work with them. You know, if a guy can't, he's got a shoulder, right? He's had surgery, can't do anything with his arms yet. You can still do a lot of lower body stuff. Um, you know, just because you had surgery doesn't mean you go lay in bed for two months. Yeah. We'll have our guys in there doing lower body workouts, or if it's a, you know, knee injury, we'll do upper body workouts. And then as they get clear, um, return to training, that's when we can start bridging the gap from rehab back to performance. So that's the one thing we've done in the past few weeks is we've got our guys cleared to start jogging again, cleared to start doing agility work. So they'll come back out to practice with me and we'll start mixing some of those things. in. I think it helps that I play football. So I understand um, what drills would a, a linebacker typically drill, what drills would a wide receiver typically do. And they may not be ready for the drill itself, but they might be ready for the skill underneath the drill. If you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. The other piece I'll do is, is if we have guys that are limited at practice. So, you know, got a high ankle sprain, I can do a little bit of this, but I'm not ready to go full speed. Then they may finish practice with me doing some rehab work or, you know, if somebody's got a tight hamstring, things like that, we'll do some extra stuff out of practice. So uh, I'm there every day. And then obviously on, on game days, I'm there as well uh, to warm them up and, you know, just be a hype guy, get rowdy. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, now I got a question that's uh, I've seen it a lot on like uh, on watching college football games and stuff like that. Are you the holdback guy for the coach? Does you see a lot of strength conditioning coaches usually have to hold back the head coach not to walk on the field? Yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan of it just because like we talk about discipline all the time. And yeah, you're going to let the discipline get thrown out the window on game day. It doesn't seem right. Um, our <laughs> great though. They don't you know, I don't have to worry about them. Uh, our kids are great as well. Like our sideline is, is clean. So I don't really have to worry too much about it. Every once in a while, I'll come in and save the day. Or uh, you'll, you'll see if there's ever a big touchdown run, um, you'll see me running down there trying to catch up with the person because typically like everyone wants to go celebrate in the end zone and you can't do that. And I understand when people get hyped up and they, they kind of lose, you know, you get caught up in the moment. So it has to bring everyone back to reality. Um, that's the only time you'll see me holding people back is like if we're celebrating too hard. Oh my God. So you need to be in like, like your condition needs to be in good shape. If you got to like catch up to the guy that's running to the end. <laughs> short burst, man. That's all I am. I'm a short burst guy these days. I love it. That's awesome. And how has the football season been? I mean, you know, you or I was at one point ranked, um, to be honest, I haven't caught too many games, but like how, how has the season been going for them? 
Yeah, so we started the year 5-0, and uh, first time since, I think, 2000, 2001, something like that. Uh, took a rough little skit there, uh, three-game losing streak, but came back against UMass. Uh, first time we beat an FCS opponent, I think, in 20 years, or FCS opponent in 20 years, because uh, they're one level higher. So that was pretty good. Got us back on track, sitting at 7-3 uh, right now. I think one more win is, you know, obviously what we're shooting for to finish the year eight and three. And if you do that, I think that gives you a really good shot at going to the uh, FCS playoffs. So, you know, we're just kind of focused on beating Elon this week. And you, know, you can't think about playoffs uh, because essentially this is the playoffs. You know, if you don't win, you're not going. So it's been uh, kind of a playoff mindset all week here. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's exciting and very exciting for Rhode Island, obviously, and especially football. I mean, New England, we're not known for being as big football, but it's great to see our football team succeed and be awesome. So that's great to hear that. I mean, all of our teams are, are killing it right now. Basketball, men's and women's are off to great starts. So yeah, our, our swim team's doing well. I'm trying to think who else is competing in the winter right now. We'll have our track team kick it up in a little bit. So yeah, no, I, Rhode Island's on the map right now. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting. And especially being, I'm a URI fan. Um, I grew up 20 minutes down the road from URI, so big, big URI guys. So I always nice. try to make make the games that I can. Nice. Um, so Scott, I want to just ask some questions that are more outside of sports and everything, just so the listeners get to know you and everything. Sure. Um, actually, well, I have one more question before we get into that. How hard do these kids work? Like, what goes behind the scenes that the kids? How hard do they work that people don't know about? Yeah, I I, I think people underestimate the schedule of a student athlete. Um, example for our football players, right? They come in and uh, we open up our athletic training room. So guys that need to get, you know, a hamstring massage, they need to get ultrasound, they need to get ice and electro stem on there. That opens at 6 a.m. Um, Seven o'clock, there might be like a quick team meeting and then they'll start watching film because um, they got to review yesterday's practice and then also talk about what they're going to do today at practice and maybe go over some things that need to get fixed. Um, so that's at seven o'clock. Then they got to run to the locker room. They got to get their stuff on. They got to get out there. We practice from eight to 10 or so. A um, couple of days a week, they might come in and hit the weight room right after. Um, other guys are going back to the athletic training room to go get treatment. And that gets you to about 11. Then you got to go to class. Um, you got to find a time to get something to eat as well. That's the other tricky piece, right? Yeah. Get class. Maybe guys have to come back in the afternoon for study hall. And then usually we're back sometime in, at night, you know, whether it's five o'clock or six o'clock, something like that, to again, watch some more films, study the opponent, things like that. And that's just football, for example. I mean, I know our volleyball team watches a ton of film. I know our soccer teams come in, um, you know, for hours at a time. Typically, you try and schedule all your stuff in the building in one window. That way they don't have to come back in the afternoon unless it's for something easy like watching film or getting another treatment or things like that. Um, so on top of all the classwork and stuff, you know, the morning from six to 11 is, you know, it's pretty much a, a part-time job. You're doing a part-time job, yeah. you know, so, uh, credit to the kids, man. It's, it's, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, good for them for being so disciplined and like sets the standard at an early age, but that that's, that's wild to be like a part, you're working a part-time job as a, like your student, you're pretty much your athlete and your student and you have to get your schoolwork done and you have to be do well on, on and off the field. So that, that's, yeah. tough. that's, that's crazy. So all the credits them and all the credit for you for what you do for those students and help them get achieve and better in, uh, in the game as they go forward. 
Uh, now I want to ask the questions that are more just outside of the sports and the strength conditioning. Um, just fun questions for people to get to know you. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Oh man. You know, I love anything with meat. So burnt <laughs> steaks, uh, I love me some Italian food as well. So a little chicken parm, maybe some ravioli. I, uh, like I said, I used to be 285 pounds. So I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. not, you know, it's not a problem for me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place to get your chicken parm or your Italian food? No, man. No, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll go down to, I'll go down to Matunic Oyster Bar though. If I had to pick a favorite place. Yeah. Oh, oh man. If I, if you want to give me a gift card for dinner, that's the place. I'm putting that out there for anybody. MLB. <laughs> that's awesome yeah great place to eat as well uh yeah. do you have a favorite kind of music or uh favorite artist and music music is tough because you know in the weight room it's on from 6 a.m until 6 p.m like there's always teams in here and there's always music playing so um i hear enough hip-hop i hear enough <laughs> rock music all day if i want to change it up i love throwing some country on i like some easy listening um you know i like some lo-fi yeah lo-fi beats to study to if i want to change it up there for sure um and then we throw a lot of uh, mixes on so songs that just kind of rotate it's like an hour long and it keeps changing and switching and things like that and uh that's what gets people going like the techno mixes and things yeah. like just bumping non-stop so I've, I've, I've you name it i've listened to it and it's just that's what happens when your music's on from 6 a.m to 6 p.m yeah it's non-stop uh and what about do you have a favorite like tv show or uh yeah favorite tv show oh man i you know i'm a huge marvel guy okay uh, so the marvel movies and the, and the shows that are coming out now i like getting into all the nitty-gritty details and trying to you know figure out what's going on and, and all the connections to other shows yeah i'm a low-key a big marvel guy so that's awesome yeah same back same here and then um what kind of dogs do you have oh man so i have uh panini like the sandwich is our first one she's part lab part cattle dog 100 percent sass <laughs> like a thick tank meatball yeah uh the other we just got a german shepherd mix and we named her riesling oh uh, so we got the panini we got the riesling okay. um and she's she's a skinny german shepherd but she's a, a love bug a cuddle bug and then has a ton of energy so uh, they're best friends which is great that's the one thing i was worried about is bring a second dog and they don't like each other but those yeah. two will scrap all day and tire each other out so it's it's awesome and then you know we're, we're talking about adding a third one at some point we got to get a you know we got to get an alfredo in the mix we gotta get a white <laughs> a white lab or something like that i'm, like, uh, I'm good with you for now I love it. I love it. We'll see. <laughs> and then, uh, and then last question. And then what's your favorite thing to just do outside of the strength and conditioning, um, you know, coaching, what, what's your favorite thing to do outside of all that? I mean, obviously as a Rhode Island guy, I love going to the beach. Um, yeah. But when, when COVID actually first hit and we all had to go work from home, I picked up, uh, I always liked doing like little woodworking things like that, but I started my own little side hustle, if you want to call it that um strong woodworks and i ended up just started out with like cutting boards and coasters and things like that and uh you know, i've made a couple different you know i've made some tables i've made some desks i've made a wow a chess set and all the chess pieces out of wood so Holy crap. uh it's just something different right because you come home and you got to use your hands and you have to focus and pay attention to it you're you know you're off your phone you're getting away from all that stuff and you're, and you're working on a skill so just something about that that uh I kind of like so a little woodworking. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I might have to have you make me a cutting board. Um, that's, that's, that's really, that's really cool that you got into that. That's so, that's so different. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Scott, that's all I have for you today for questions. Do you have any comments, questions or anything for me? Yeah. I mean, I just want to throw it out there make sure that people hear about it. I don't know if it's it, by the time this gets posted, it's too late, but one thing we've tried to do for the uh, month of November, the Movember. No. Uh-huh. You grow out the mustache, right? And everyone's like, you know, hey, growing out a mustache is cool. Um, but, you know, we wanted to support a cause and we decided that mental health and suicide prevention was um, something we kind of wanted to raise money for. And uh, at the end of the day, like growing a mustache is cool, um, but being able to talk about your mental health is what's really considered manly, in my opinion. Um, and as a strength and conditioning department, if if the big, strong muscle heads aren't afraid to talk about what they're struggling with and and the issues they're going through, um, then there's, you know, everybody can open up and be a little bit more honest about their mental health, especially for our student athletes. It's something that um, is so huge. Like I just talked about with that schedule. I mean, they're so busy. They have so much going on. Yeah. And pressure to succeed is so high. Um, you know, what happens when you don't succeed or what happens when all that stuff um, ends up being too much for you? And, you know, typically, and, you know, Movember is more about men's health, but it's for everybody. But, you know, we like to bottle it up. We like to not talk about our feelings, not talk about the issues that we're going through. We don't want to weigh other people down. Um, but it's important to open up and talk about those things and find at least one person that you can connect with and, and, and open up and let them know that you're going through something because they're going to be there for you to support you. So um, through the Movember Fund, we've raised over $2,000 so far for mental health and suicide prevention. Um, so uh, almost half the month left. So we're hoping that, you know, I think 3000 would be a lofty goal. Um, but I think we can do it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Where do, where do you go donate? Where could people donate? If they want to donate. Uh, so our link is right on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, at Rody strength. I think it's on my Instagram as well. If that ends up getting tagged in there or not, but yeah, uh, we've been, we've been sharing facts about mental health. We've been sharing information and resources about mental health all month. And then, um, we try to put the link up there every couple of days and it's, it's in the bio as well. So you just click that and it's pretty straightforward. You can just donate right to the team. Um, we got a bunch of different people on the team itself going out to collect money and we have a sweet mustache trophy. I don't have it in my office right now, but whoever raises the most money this month is, is going home with the magnificent uh, mustache trophy. So <laughs> I love it. Well, Good I think month. that's, I think it's a great cause. I mean, mental health is a big thing. And, you know, if you're struggling, like you said, just speak up. And if you're going through anything, speak up. And I think that's great that you guys are able to raise the money and make awareness for it. I think that's awesome. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Scott, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem. Anytime.